So, we met online. This is a podcast about love, sex, and everything in between the world of online dating. I'm Erica. And I'm Chris. Welcome to So We Met Online. If you're looking for more information, find us online at SoWeMetOnline.com and all social media at SoWeMetOnline. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash SoWeMetOnline. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. So we met online. I don't remember which online dating site, but we met for a drink in Washington, D.C. and got along pretty well. Certainly well enough to go on a second date, and I think a third and maybe even a fourth. And I invited him to a game night at my friend's place, I remember, and my friend, male friend, really liked this guy. I had a bit of a, a man crush on him, which I always thought was funny. <laughs> but, you know, after all of those dates, I was finding that while we had a great time in person, he wasn't very good at communicating between dates. Like, I like to text sometimes, and either that just wasn't his thing or he didn't want to text me. I I don't know what it was. So I did bring up, you know, not obviously in an accusatory way because nobody knows what you want until you tell them. You know, I did bring up that if I am in a relationship, I do like more communication than that. All you can really do is express to somebody what you want, right? Yeah. yeah. And they can either do that thing or not do that thing. And if they don't do that thing, we don't know if it's a – an active choice not to do that thing or it's just not in their capacity, fine. But once you've told someone something you want and they don't do it, then it's up to you to decide if you can live with that. I would agree with that, yes. So, you know, I didn't know this guy very well, but he couldn't live up to that. He couldn't give me the kind of communication I needed. And I actually really appreciated that he said, I just don't think I can do that. And I told him that I respected him being honest with me. And I said that probably long term then it wasn't going to be the right fit because that would always bother me. Mm -hmm. You know, I know myself well enough. And so we parted ways, no big deal. It wasn't like there were hard feelings or anything. It was just we didn't communicate the same. Fine. I do remember, though, several months later, I was invited to the same game night by the same person and he was like oh man are you inviting that guy i'm like i'm not seeing him anymore he's like please please can you invite him (laughs) so i texted him out of the blue that guy i don't remember if he came to the game night or not to be honest but you know it was nice we were both happy to hear from each other so we ended up getting together again and i didn't know if it was a date at that point or not but you know we like each other's company And he walked me home from wherever we were, and I invited him in, not for anything romantic, just to talk longer. And I can picture us. We're sitting in my kitchen. I'm sitting on one of my – I have a table with stools. I'm sitting on one of my stools, and he's standing. And I think he went in for a kiss. I probably said, what's going on? You know, because I thought we had already discussed that and moved past that, right? And he was like, oh, well, you know, I wasn't ready then, but maybe I'm ready now. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. We had this conversation. You told me that you didn't want to or couldn't do the kind of communication that I need. And he said, oh, well, yeah, well, I just meant at that time. And I said, okay, I, I certainly didn't take it that way. And he said, well, it's fine. We don't have to talk about it. 
And look, if there's anything I've learned over the years, you don't end a conversation with, it's fine, I don't want to talk about it. Because, look, I used to do that. I used to be the one to shut things down. And it took a lot of work and self-reflection to learn how to communicate productively. And in this case, it's the first time since I learned that skill, partially on my own and partially with the help of a really good therapist, it's the first time I actually used it in action. It was the first time I, I sort of, I want to say forced, but but really made someone have the whole conversation with me before shutting down. So I said, no, look, I like you as a person. I want to have this conversation. And we ended up talking for about 10 minutes, just going back and forth. And here's what I understood when you told me what you did. And he said, well, here's what I meant. And I said, well, that's not how I interpreted it. And we went back and forth and we came to a nice ending place where we weren't going to date. We were going to be friends, but we mutually understood each other in a way we hadn't before. I mean, that's really the whole story about it. It's about communication and how it's actually not that hard to have a productive communication. The hardest part is making sure both people are willing to have it. Correct. Both people have to communicate. You can't have one-sided communication in a relationship. Right. And I think one thing we have shared consistently in most of our episodes is around communicating. Mm -hmm. Just communicate. Right. But if it's one-sided and one person doesn't care or doesn't know how to communicate or doesn't know what... Or Or just doesn't want to. Or want to, right. Then you're going to struggle. And the thing is, is communication comes in so many different forms, Mm -hmm. right? We talk about just verbal communication, which is having a conversation and actually sharing Mm -hmm. what makes you tick. What do you want? What do you like? What don't you like? Mm -hmm. And being vulnerable to be able to share that information with your partner. That's the starting point. But one of the things we mentioned in a previous episode, and I think we can spend a little bit more time on, is about the five love language. Yeah. Now, the five love languages, though, relate to a couple. You know, the two people in the couple and how they express their love for each other. So I want to make sure we finish the conversation about talking through difficult things first. And maybe it's two separate topics. I don't know. But like at the end of this communication with my I mean, I'm still friends with him, with my now friend. He actually thanked me for kind of forcing us to have that conversation. I mean, I know people say, and this is kind of a segue, I know people say, don't go to bed angry, right? right? And I I, I believe in that. And that gets to actually both points. It's making sure you resolve your issues, usually in words, before you go to bed. But this gets into the five love languages because – Some people might even need to resolve their issues with each other by using one of these five love languages. Yeah. I mean, look, communication is communication. You can't talk to yourself. Mm, Some (laughs) of us do. (laughs) You've got to be able to talk to somebody else and they have to be able to actively listen and respond. Mm -hmm. And this applies across all types of relationships. You're right. It doesn't have to be a romantic relationship. No. It could be a relationship with a coworker. It could be a relationship with a friend. It could be a relationship even with your parents or siblings or really anybody. Being able to communicate, verbally express yourself and feeling as if you can share what makes you tick. That is essential no matter what. As I said, the five love languages 
Even though they are love languages, and even though they tend to be geared towards couples, as you mentioned, these love languages have a good insight as well as to how you tick. Mm -hmm. So the things that you need in order to feel loved. I could argue that that feeling is going to come through whether it's with your parents. You want to be loved by your parents. You want your siblings. You want to be loved by your siblings. Your friends. You want to be loved by your friends. Now, we're going to get into the details of the love languages and why they really are designed for couples. Mm -hmm. But I think the relevancy of understanding what you need Mm -hmm. in order to feel a certain way and then to be able to share that through your words is a critical piece of this. I really agree. And it's funny. I don't see it as a good thing when couples say we never fight because we never fight means to me that you don't communicate. What couple, I don't care if it's a romantic relationship or a friendship, What couple doesn't have disagreements, right? You're always going to have disagreements, especially if you're spending that much time together, if you're living together. I mean, disagreements over socks and the dishwasher and whatever else, chores, that's going to come up. And so if two people say, oh, we never fight, everything is wonderful, I have to wonder what's being shoved under the rug. Well, I don't necessarily think that something's being shoved under the rug. I think you can have relationships where there are no disagreements. Doesn't anyone care about anything then? Sure. You just happen to care about each other enough to actually deal with it. I think that's the challenge, though. There are a lot of people who don't like conflict or they aren't comfortable. They can't be vulnerable. They don't trust their partner enough to be able to actually express what's bothering them. Right. And so when they can't express that, It does get shoved on the rung. It does boil up. And as it gets boiled up internally, then one of us explodes at some point in time. And then you have enough where you could potentially resolve that. I'm not saying that relationships aren't hard. Relationships are hard. Yep. Right? It takes work. Yep. That work is communication. Absolutely. You have to be able to talk to your partner about whatever it is. I do believe, though. Those couples who understand how to communicate are less likely to have disagreements. Or are more likely to resolve them in a quick and mature manner. Yes. I will say, I mean, like we've been saying this whole episode, it doesn't just apply to couples. I mean, I can think of situations, even with clients I've worked with, where A situation could have been resolved so easily if they had just come to me with whatever was on their mind. Uh, I can think of one time in particular many years ago where I was really upset by this. I take my work so seriously and I just try to do my best. One client, I don't know what he was so peeved about, but he never came to – I had no idea. I thought everything was fabulous in our business relationship. Apparently that wasn't true. I don't know. I always try to assess, you know, is everything good with everyone? And he waits till the last second of our meeting, making me late to something. And I know he did that on purpose. Uh, I said, is there anything else you want to talk about? He goes, yeah, I didn't like that thing, whatever the thing was. And he said I said something that I never said. And you know how I know I never said it? Because I don't curse Hmm. ever. 
and he repeated something. I don't know where he got it from, but it certainly wasn't something I said, and, I, and certainly not to a client. I mean, I, I don't know where this came from. And I was really upset, one, that he thought I said that, and two, that he was bringing it up to me now because he, he said, oh, don't worry, I yelped about it. I said, what? I'm not, what? Even, I'm not even on Yelp, right? That's why I'm not on Yelp. And I said to him, I mean, I'm going to defend myself. I said, one, I don't use those words. And two, if you were upset, why didn't you just come to me? And this was so early on in starting my business. Look, I'm eight years in now. I have a thicker skin. You know, I'm different now. I've worked with enough people and I have more confidence in my work than I certainly had in my first year of business, of course. And this came so early on that I I thought he was going to put me out of business because it's a he said, she said thing. Right. When he left our meeting, I I broke down. I was really upset. I looked up the review. I've since removed myself from Yelp because we all know you get extremes on there. And for better or for worse, my client base doesn't want to express openly that they've hired me Mm -hmm. because I've written their profile or I've helped manage their online dating accounts. They're not going to shout from the rooftops, oh, yeah, I hired someone to do the work for me. They're going to tell me they're happy with my work. So uh, I was able to remove that. But before I did, I checked his Yelp account and he had written 173 Yelp reviews. So clearly, this man's way of, quote, communicating was by not communicating. And if more people could just go straight to the source, you get so much more done. I can work most everything out with people if there's an issue because usually it's just a misunderstanding. To this day, I have no idea where it all came from with this particular guy. Who knows? Look, I, I work with a lot of different people and it's a very emotional time for people because they're single, they don't want to be, and I become sometimes a scapegoat for people when they're unhappy in their right. own situation. Yeah, they blame and I, it on somebody else. Right, and I think that's what happened here. But it just really shows you that you can resolve so many things with communication, but so many people are conflict-averse that they just go around it. So after the break, we're going to talk a little more about that and then get into what the love languages are and how they apply to this conversation about communication. Just for you, our listeners of So We Met Online, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I don't know about you, but I have a guilty pleasure, and that is playing Candy Crush on my phone. But I feel like I have to balance out the dying brain cells by educating myself while I'm playing. So I can listen to an audiobook from Audible. AudibleTrial.com slash so we met online for a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial. So how does what we're talking about, communicating, working through conflict, resolving things, how does this, Chris, relate to the five love languages? Because I'm actually, I see that it's kind of tangentially related, but I don't see that there's a direct relation. Let me share with you two quick stories specifically around the love languages. So before we get to your stories, let's just define, I think most people have heard of the love languages. It's a book by uh, someone named Gary Chapman. I think you can get most of the information just from a quick Google search. You don't have to buy the book, although it's not a very big book. And it just basically says everyone takes in or feels love differently or needs different things to feel loved. So he defines them as, number one, words of affirmation. 
using words to build up the other person. For example, thanks for taking out the trash. Not, it's about time you took the trash out. The flies were going to carry it out for you. <laughs> I'm not that funny, actually. This was, that quote was, <laughs> that quote was from the Five Love Languages website, which was pretty funny. So in that case, someone might prefer to hear the words, I love you, versus a neck massage. They take those words more seriously than right. anything else. Yep. Next, number two, gifts. A gift says, this person was thinking about me. Look what they got for me. Some people like to be given things, physical things, to feel loved. Number three, acts of service, which is doing something for your partner that you know they would like. So maybe it's cooking a meal, washing dishes, vacuuming, doing the massage I just said. Those are all acts of service. Mm -hmm. For me, it would be unloading the dishwasher. I don't know why, but that is my least favorite chore. It takes five minutes. I don't know why I hate it so much, but I do. Do you put your forks up or down? Down. Me too. Just wondering. Quality time is number four, and that means giving your partner your undivided attention. So maybe it's taking a walk together. Maybe it's sitting on the couch just talking, talking and listening. It's actively spending time together. Mm -hmm. Not mindlessly, not like watching a movie. And then lastly, number five, physical touch, holding hands, hugging, kissing, sex, all of those things. Now, you don't just have one love language. You probably have a primary one, which resonates with you more. And then you might have other ones. Like, for example, mine is words of affirmation. I like people to tell me, good job. I like people to tell me, I care. I appreciate you. So while I'll notice acts of service, and don't get me wrong, I like I like a gift now and then. And of course, you know, with a person I want to be with, of course I like physical affection, but it's words that do it for me. Sure. What's yours? Also, for those of you who aren't aware, you could actually go to the website, fivelovelanguages.com, and there is a quiz that you can take. It's a free quiz. Does you it can... take long? I'll do it while you're talking. No, it doesn't take long. You can actually do it while I'm talking, <laughs> while I'm sharing my story. You can sit here and actually take the test in real time. You can take the test, and what it actually generates is a score for each of the five love languages. Hmm. So as you were just saying, no one has just one language. You're right. It starts off with a primary, and it then ranks all five in order based on how you answer. A score typically would be something like... My number one love language is physical touch, and I, I get a, like a score of a 10. My number two is quality time, which is about a score of nine. So mine, again, in order, mine are physical touch, quality time, words of affirmation, acts of service, and then gifts is last. And actually, gifts for me is a zero. <laughs> I don't really care at all about gifts. I would much prefer quality time and physical connections. Now, I know a lot of women out there who are listening are probably say, well, yes, you're a guy. Of course you want physical touch. I was just thinking touch. that. Exactly. And that may be true. But believe it or not, my first story, real quick, as I'm going to share it, there are plenty of people out there that don't like physical touch. I did meet a woman online. So we met online. <laughs> and we started to date and at this time, I didn't really know what her love languages were. I knew what my love languages were, and I knew that physical touch was at the top of that list. But as the relationship progressed, we got to a point where I began spending the night. And she 
told me one morning, we, we spent the night, woke up the next morning, and she says, you know, I don't know if I can have you sleeping over or I'm just going to need to sleep on the couch. And I'm like, huh? Like that like totally threw me off. And it became very clear very quickly that love language was at the bottom of her list <laughs> because it that's not what drove her. She preferred gifts. Her number one was gifts. Her number two were acts of service. Her number three was words. Her number four was quality time. And her number five was physical touch. Basically, the exact opposite of mine. The key to the five love languages is not that we are now kind of incompatible. It's a identifier to help you better understand how to communicate with your partner. So if I know that hers is gifts, then I need to do more things for her to make her feel loved. In my case, it was physical touch. The problem was is that she was unwilling to give me the physical touch I needed to make that relationship successful. Mm -hmm. So it just didn't work out. The flip side is I have dated somebody who, number one, is physical touch. And when two people who share the exact same love language get together, it becomes substantially easier to actually get along because you both want the time together. You're both touching each other because you enjoy it and you feel loved when you do. And then a lot of these conflicts that come from a mismatch in love languages actually don't exist. I just got my score. She just did it. What's, so what's what it got? out of? The highest I got is an 11. Yeah, okay. I don't know what the it, it doesn't is. matter. It just... All right. Well, number one for me is words of affirmation, and okay. it gave me a score of 11. Number two is receiving gifts, and it gave me a score of eight. Number three is quality time, and it gave me a score of seven. Number four is acts of service, gave me a three. And number five is physical touch, and it gave me a one. Because the questions it asked were like, do you prefer a hug or someone to say, I love you? Yeah. I want a darn hug. I want someone to tell me they love me. Right. So that is how it gets done. And by weighing the pros and cons of each, by saying... Do you rather want somebody to say, I love you, or give you a hug? If you're saying, I love you, is better, then words is more important than physical touch. Correct. So that's how the love languages work. Interesting. So you would want a hug. Oh, I would want a hug any day of the week. I yeah. mean, I don't not want a hug. Right. But but again, what would you prefer? What motivate? What right. drives you? And, and again, here's the scenario. You and your partner have mm -hmm. been together for three months. Your partner comes home, knocks on the door, walks through the door, and says, I love you. Mm -hmm. You're like, ooh, yeah. Yep. Versus me, I want them to walk through that door. And I'm one, I'm happy they're home because I like quality time. Mm -hmm. And two, I want a kiss and a hug. And then maybe let's do a quickie before dinner. Like, <laughs> there. Now I feel loved. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No comment on that. But I think where a lot of couples go wrong is that they assume that their partner has the exact same love language exactly. as they do. So they exactly. show their love and appreciation. So if I assume that my partner is the exact same order as I am, so first words of affirmation and then gifts. Let's say I continually buy my partner gifts, right? right. If that's not his thing, he's exactly. thinking, why would I want this junk? 
when we could just be spending our Saturday together. Right, exactly. And what I'm arguing is is that if you meet somebody and their five love languages are basically in the exact same order as yours, Mm -hmm. you have a- It's easier. It's easier. Yeah. It's way easier because now- you're giving the words and they're giving the words and you're giving the gifts and they're mm-hmm. giving the gifts and it's equal across the board. And you're not so worried about, you know, he comes home, she comes home, doesn't give you a hug. You're like, oh, that's okay. I don't care. I, you know, I got a gift and I heard I love you, mm-hmm. right? It just becomes easier. It does. And and again, not just in romantic relationships because I had an experience with my parents actually where I learned my dad's love language. So uh, his birthday and Father's Day both fall pretty close to one another. And I never know what gift to buy my dad. Like, you know, what does he need? I guess Father's Day came first and I called and we talked for a while and said I love you and all the things. Right. And a month goes by and then it's his birthday and I call and we say I love you and we talk and we tell jokes and all the things. And that was that. A month or two later, I was visiting my parents, and I had just come back from a trip. And it was all just kind of like junk at the airport type stuff. Like there weren't really gifts to buy people. So I got my mom and my sister a cute little change purse. And I said there was nothing there that dad would have wanted. You know, he doesn't want a change purse. Maybe he does. I don't know. I heard my mom say something under her breath. And I asked her, did you just say something under your breath? And she said, I did. I said, well, what did you say? She said, well, you didn't get dad a gift for Father's Day or his birthday. And I said, did he want a gift? She said, yes. And I said, well, how would I have known that? And certainly how would I have corrected my behavior between Father's Day and his birthday if I had no idea? Right. Right? So at that moment, it comes into play both things, the conflict resolution and the love languages. Because – had my dad just come to me and said, thank you so much for your call. You know, I I, you know, I wish you had bought me a gift to show me you were thinking of me. I wouldn't have been offended by that. I would have done that. Right. I didn't know. I thought the quality time, at least over the right. phone, was more important. Right. So I retroactively sent two gifts. But I learned a lot. I learned about how we do conflict resolution. I learned where I came from and my dad's love language. Yep. And – I don't fault anyone for having the love language they do. It just has to be known. Yeah. And and, na- and and now I know. And all you can do is correct behavior and move forward. But until you tell somebody, they just don't know. Yep, exactly. And this is why I'm saying this love language doesn't just apply for couples. As long as you know what makes you tick, as mm-hmm. I've said, and you understand what your love languages are, then that allows you to... Educate, inform, share with your partners, share with people that you interact with. If they understand, then that interaction hopefully becomes easier. Right. So I'm going to put my hand on your shoulder right now, Chris. And thank you for being a wonderful co-host. Well, thank you. I love you. I love you too. (laughs) Thanks for listening.